0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angreys, apna lagaan or News Laundry, apna hafta kabhi nahi We are back in another week of the lockdown and this seems to be normal life now heading forward for a while which is truly depressing. But we shall try to keep our chin-ups and back straight and, you know, humour intact in these uncertain and rather unfortunate times. I'm here in office with our usual colleagues, Manisha Pandey. Hello. Mehraj Lone, Hello. Raman Kripal. Hi. And joining me on the phone is our other colleague, Anand Vardhan from Patna. Hi, Anand. Hello. And joining us from the Kashmir Times, she is the executive editor, Anuradha Bhaseen. Hi, Anuradha. Hi. So where are you right now, Anuradha? I'm in Jammu. I see. And how are things in Jammu? Is the lockdown being observed diligently yeah. or not? Lockdown is pretty strict. I see.
2: But... Yeah,
1: rest is the same. Rest is the same. So, the internet services weren't uh, suspended in Jammu for very long, were they? You you are getting broadband there and everything? Uh,
2: The broadband we have, uh, the broadband is now available even in Srinagar. Okay. But um, on the the mobile uh, connectivity, that is now 2G. In Jammu, on papers, it exists on, uh, they say that 4G service has been given but it's really not 4G. So I don't know what G it is, but it is... (laughs) It is Hanji,
1: Naji, Sarji. But (laughs) uh, we have (laughs) much to discuss. In fact, in the last two days, there have been some developments, exciting and dramatic in the news space. Uh, So we'll just go over the headlines. Arnab has put out a video where he claims he was attacked by two goons who he has called Sonia's goons. the the whole video is there maybe we can just insert the audio of his not the full thing it's very long he takes rather long to tell short stories but we'll try to clip it and so I would like to know you know the panel's view on that because you know that puts everyone in a kind of when Sambit Patra is putting out tweet after tweet standing up for freedom of the press then you have to stand up and take notice
3: my car was uh, was uh, overtaken by two people in a bike they started hitting my car with something and trying to break the window pane of my car and the people who were in it had been accosted by my security persons and I asked them what what happened and who were these people and they said to me that they were were congress workers, youth congress workers who had said that they had been sent to attack me. You are the biggest coward in this country right now. You Sonia Gandhi tried to carry out an attack on me. I will hold you personally
4: responsible for any consequences of any attack on me. Uh,
1: So that happened. Uh, That apparently was a response to his outburst a few days ago where he pretty much accused Sonia Gandhi of having masterminded the lynching in Palghar. Uh, And following that, Congress has... Filed FIRs all across the country yeah. and some of them have also they've put done, photo ops.
5: They've done such strange photo ops. Yeah, it's See, funny.
1: F- FIR file karte photo. Why is Congress me? like this? Yeah. Congress like, also <laughs> takes it to a different level. Other than that, in COVID-related news, uh, while we're recording this, the global cases are 2593129. That's about 2.5 million. Global recoveries are almost 700,000. Just under 700,000. Global fatalities have just about touched 1,80,000. India, the cases have touched 21,000. Recoveries have touched 4,000. And the fatalities have just crossed 650. So they're about around 670s. So that's where we are. Now, regarding Palghar, what happened was three Mumbai residents were lynched to death by a mob of around 200. There have been over 100 arrests. BJP has attacked the Maharashtra Vikas Aghadi government and asked for the resignation of the Home Minister Anil Deshmukh. And this has led to, you know, lots allegations, of and count- lots of politics, rather unfortunate. Kashmiri journalists under the scanner, Masrat Zahra, she's a photojournalist based in Kashmir, and Peerzada Ashik, they were called for questioning by the cyber police in Srinagar. And now they are, as we speak, under arrest. Am I right, Mehraj? No, no, not They not have not been arrested. But, but they, they have been charged.
3: Yeah, they have been booked.
1: I see. And meanwhile, um, Kashmir has registered case and begun investigation against Gohar Gilani as well. In, for indulging in unlawful activities through social media. What was the post that she's been accused of?
3: Uh, he, but they haven't said yet. They haven't Even said. though FIR, they have registered against Masrat Zara, they haven't uploaded it yet on their digital like, database.
1: Right. So, then India has slipped two points in the World Freedom Index. We seem to be slipping regularly now. We are below Myanmar and South Sudan and Palestine. And a little above Pakistan. Then ramchandra Goha has ended his... Hindustan Times column, I interviewed him actually yesterday. We shall talk about that, about his outrage at being censored. Then Delhi has begun mass testing for journalists and Raman sir tells me 150 journalists were tested yesterday. Hmm. I don't know how, I mean Delhi has some 50,000 odd journalists if not more. Plenty. Lots. So if they start testing journalists then no one else is going to get tested in
4: the city.
5: Yeah and then quarantine bhi kis So apparently if, you if you're positive the... they'll ship you off to the quarantine centre. You can't go back home and self quarantine. If
4: you go by the membership of press club. <laughs> uh, so we have around 10,000 uh, foreign metal. press club and uh, PCI okay.
1: took <laughs> And then they're and the amount who are not members just multiplied by 10 so there's yeah. about 1 lakh <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, easily, easily easily I see then All India Radio ignores the government's advisory and puts casual staff out of work I thought this is a very interesting story it's on newsline.com. even as the Prime Minister was saying please don't lay off anyone don't fire people uh, the All India Radio <laughs> did exactly mm. that they did a very sly
3: thing we'll talk about it we in, shall yeah, talk forward. a
1: little more detail and the World Health Organization Director General Ted Ross says COVID-19 will be with us for a long time but at the same time today I saw the headline that uh, they've started testing in London in in Britain the, you know one lab has started manufacturing for tests on young on, on uh, volunteers between the ages of 19 and 59. Hmm. Meanwhile China is in stage two testing. there's one American lab that is in stage one Germany testing Germany has
3: also approved clinical trials.
1: So human trials I, I mean I'm guessing by early next year we should have some vaccine anyway maybe someone here can shed some light. Then the centre amends the Epidemic Act to deter attacks on doctors. So Prakash Javadekar came in his usual style and gave a press conference that there is a new law that if people who are battling corona, which includes doctors and others in the front lines, if they are attacked, there is a separate law for that. But the government still has not said anything on the lynching law that, that the opposition wanted. Then most number of COVID-19 cases in India have no symptoms, I think. I think that's true for many other parts of the the world as well. I was watching on CNN. Hmm. They're saying the same thing. America, there's so many cases which are asymptomatic.
3: Also, uh, yesterday, I think I read this story in uh, California. They have discovered that some people who died before they found the first case Hmm. might have died from COVID. So, which means that this was there earlier and a lot of deaths, even in places where reporting is very robust, Mm. a lot of deaths are just going unreported. Mm. So, I don't know what that means for India. In India, even ordinarily, only 20% of the deaths are medically certified. I
5: think If we look at hospitals and if the cases of deaths because of respiratory disorders or TB has alarmingly gone up, maybe in the next two months, we'll get to know a little bit yeah I guess because so it's, it's possible, possible but that,
3: that then that's also the case of how many people actually go to hospital and die in hospital
1: yeah. in fact yeah. Pakistan is having a huge problem with that I saw a report on uh, BBC that there to there are you know dozens and dozens of bodies are being taken and they're not being tested and even statistically for the same period last year in that one town that the report was coming from the deaths have gone up 60% but yet they're not being tracked mm. as COVID deaths there are
3: similar reports from Indore also there mm. are I mean, anecdotal evidence that all the graveyards and crematoriums, they're getting a lot of bodies, but officially... Right, so then oil
1: prices went negative for the first time and India was also running out of places to store. I have a recommendation of people who are wondering how this happens. There's a fantastic podcast that explains it. Global GDP set to fall, China and India to witness contraction in 2020. That is truly scary uh, because the kind of social unrest it can cause when you have such dire economic situation Meanwhile, Facebook has bought almost a 10% stake in Jio for 43,574 crore. This apparently is part of Reliance's ongoing effort to become debt-free. They have a lakh and a half in clear debt and there are many sales that apparently are lined up. And the center has tweaked FDI norms to make sure China doesn't invest in our assets like HDFC. They bought some, I think, 1% or something of the sort. Tahir Hussain has been charged under UAPA for northeast violence as has Omar Khalid. Mm-hmm. That is truly shocking. I mean, yeah. I mean now I think the government doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Do what you want. We don't they care don't how care. we look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when they have journalists who support them, I mean, I can understand on Tahir, but I can't understand how you can charge Omar with that. I mean, if you
3: listen to her speech it's just like other students also there's this one uh,
1: what Safura Zargar two Jamia I don't students? even
3: remember if she no. ever said anything
1: no. No. meanwhile no no charge against Kapil right?
3: no, no not no. even like of the small two bit <laughs> street goons like that uh, people who attacked
5: JNU. not even Komal <laughs> yeah. Sharma yeah. and all these people who just conveniently so they
1: just see Surya's old tweets face a backlash he's a South Bangalore smart young voice of reason who is <laughs> completely loony in my view uh, from Bangalore, he had said Arab women have never had orgasm and therefore giving birth is of whatever, 95%. They only, uh,
5: what? they only have sex to give birth. basically. And he that said was I was a...
1: quoting Tariq Fateh, like <laughs> we all do, like all sensible people <laughs> do, which is like a normal thing. And uh, government has asked airline to stop selling tickets, but apparently they're still selling tickets. But this problem of the Indian Airlines, uh, not, not the company in Indian Airlines, but airlines in India not refunding the customers who had bought tickets is not just unique to India. The same thing is happening in America, which is such a litigatious or whatever society. Even there, they aren't refunding the money because they have no cash flow, so they're just sitting on that money now.
3: And they're asking for bailouts at the same time. At the same time, absolutely.
1: So, sorry, that was a lot of headlines. Let me start off with our guest from Jammu. Do tell me when it comes to this, you know, how the law is taking its own course in the former state of Jammu and Kashmir (laughs) and the Union Territory. Are your correspondents in the valley or elsewhere being able to report like you were? Is there a difference? Has it always been this bad? I mean, just give us some sort of perspective. And how has COVID changed how you guys are conducting yourself? Is the paper still coming out?
2: First of all, let me begin with the COVID situation. The media industry has changed to a great extent because we are unable to bring out print editions, most of the newspapers. Few that are are not really being circulated because the hawkers have refused to distribute them. Um, The government has completely stopped the ads, barring to a few newspapers. And uh, other than that, it's extremely challenging for our staffers to go to the office and work. Because unlike many other places, they are unable to work from home. You know, restrictions on movement. We're not getting the kind of curfew passes, though they're treating the uh, media cards, the press cards as uh, valid. But, uh, you know, in some places they've been uh, journalists have been stopped and all. So it's not really the same because reporting as it is had been reduced to almost a knot uh, after August 5th. So now it's becoming more and more table stories. So that is indeed a problem. The other thing is we are going more online than uh, print uh, right now. But things have changed much more uh, in the sense of, uh, in on August 5th or even a little before that, when a sense, when media started operating under the sense of fear that was being perpetuated and the journalists went silent you know there weren't many stories on what was happening then and this is particularly the case of the local media their local media as i mean i uh, mean uh, the local publications and uh, as far as you know uh, reporters reporting for publications outside the erstwhile state and and abroad you know, they've been bringing out some of the stories and it's it's because of them that we know what happened in the last eight to nine months. So few voices have come up. And now we are seeing that, uh, you know, there is a lot of targeting of such uh, journalists. And uh, the, the entire pandemic is being used as a cover to target them and harass them and uh, trump up uh, extremely uh, atrocious and preposterous charges and criminal cases, criminalizing them. And this is going to further impact the media, which is already squeezed into a tight spot.
1: Right. Anyway, so that is clearly an ongoing narrative in Kashmir.
3: So, uh, yeah, I mean, what is happening right now in Kashmir, I mean, in the last, I think, two, three months only, we have run three, four stories from Kashmir all about, and we have one uh, with us right now, we'll Mm. publish soon about how basically journalism has been declared a crime in Kashmir. And it's, it isn't just now. I mean, it's become very apparent now, but it's been going on since forever. Mm. The press colony in Kashmir is called Mushtaq Ali colony. Mushtaq Ali was a cameraman who was killed When somebody sent a bomb to the BBC office, to Yusuf Jamil was the correspondent. Right. It was supposed to, he was supposedly the target, but the cameraman opened it and he Mm. died and the others were injured. Before that, Yusuf Jamil had been kidnapped by the army, let off after 30 hours and asked about his links with militants. I know of a very senior journalist, I obviously can't tell the name, who only survived because a friend in the police told him in time, just run. Mm. People are coming to kill you. Mm. There are people who have been called to uh, the army camps, to police stations, beaten up. Even, I mean, people have been beaten up. Journalists have been beaten up on camera in mm. Kashmir. There is... Uh, of course, w-
5: the case of sujad Bukhari, who was shot yeah. dead. That we is, still don't yeah, know yeah. I was who exactly to that. did that. Yeah,
3: and mm. these this has been happening forever. What Right now, what has happened is, they aren't being as blatant. They're still beating up journalists. They're still like intimidate, intimidating them. Mm. But they're using these legal legal coercion. Basically, now the idea is not just to shut them physically. The idea is to ensure that the censorship is self-censorship becomes pervasive. So before, I mean, the running joke in the journalist community right now is, whose turn is to, is, is it tomorrow to be called to the police station, to be... So basically, with
1: time, they're squeezing it so people fall in line and they don't have to deal with They don't with anything report anything. And
3: what that means is basically is that Kashmir I mean it's already a very kind of a black hole when it comes to information coming reporting. out coming, mm-hmm. reporting coming so out so it becomes even more it becomes opaque. even more and sure. because of the covid i mean the journalism is already suffering mm. on top of that the government has squeezed out like the they haven't been giving ads to newspapers for a mm. long time greater kashmir Kashmir images some newspapers magazines mm. have had to shut down because they right. they didn't get any ad money so what no, all this just means day. is that in a place which is so so I mean which is a flashpoint a nuclear flashpoint you basically don't know anything what's happening and then you have to rely on people helicopter journalists who go there for one day with an agenda shoot a video write a report and then this is this new actually, actually one of the things that struck me out.
1: was that I saw a report on the BBC on Kashmir and they had access to the LOC from the Pakistani side, but they didn't have access to the LOC from the Indian side, which I found a little strange because generally I'd say India is a little more robust for news reporters than Pakistan for sure. I mean, we may be bad, but we're not as bad as them. Even in those circumstances, the fact that the BBC crew had got access to the Kashmir side of, you know, the disputed area and they didn't get access from this side... I thought was a very uh, telling commentary on on how, you know, the Indian government guards Kashmir, you know, whether it is this government or the, the past ones as well. As far as it comes to ads, apparently, uh, I have to check, but I, someone had posted on the journalist group that the Mumbai Mirror for the first time had full issue without a single ad in it. If that's the future, then yeah. yeah. it's going Also, to be-
5: one of the things that I wanted to add, one of the journalists who's been called and who's... I mean, they haven't specified what charges, but they've said that his reporting on the Shopia encounter has been flagged and it's fake news and we're going to be calling him for questioning. Pizza the Ashek of the Hindu. Just early this year, he was called to the police station for a story that he filed on based on police data. Like, his story was based on police data, but mm. they called him, questioned him. So this has been happening... F- from the beginning of this year and after the abrogation of 370 where j- journalists are just called and questioned for stories they're done.
4: Right. There is no, a, but in fact, another no, journalist. No, they have filed, uh, you know, this. they have slapped UAPA. Yeah. So UAPA empowers them to arrest them and there will be no bail and That's it's a, it's basically so this a... Is a, so they, a have, very they have, serious they have slapped uapa against who against the Japanese. masrat zahra all and
3: no no masrat zahra and Gauhar gilani oh, not uh-huh. uh, not uh, this one uh, It's the and the this is basically an anti terrorism law
2: yeah yeah
3: right. so yeah. You, you are basically declaring it's basically the own version of tada
2: yeah this uapa is a, an extremely stringent uh, law and it's it's very disproportionate in many ways because all uh, that the law keepers can do is just uh, name you in any case and the onus is on the person who has been named to prove his innocence. So it, it's just like your name, anybody, you, for any reason, you, you don't need any valid reason to uh, slap UAPA. As in the case of, I mean, if you look at Gohar uh, Gilani or Masara Talam, they've been booked for sharing some social media posts. And nobody's even specifying what social media posts are these. As far as I know, I've been following their work. I've been following, I'm not very regular on social media. But I haven't seen any posts that incite violence or rioting or any anything like that so it's um, um, okay so um, in Masrat's uh, uh, case hmm. in
3: Masrat's case it's uh, she had taken up she's a photojournalist photo she journal. had taken a picture of a protest in 2018 of a of a protest where there was a banner of burhanwani the militant leader who was killed and she posted that on her account hmm. the picture she had taken of a protest with a poster of burhanwani i see i mean basically and that's like but, but your the, job that's what you do
1: every day Our producer tells us that the fir is against the
5: Hindu, the Hindu. The Hindu report, yeah.
2: Okay. He's been accused of reporting inaccurately. So it is he's named in it. Okay, fine. So yeah. Yeah, so but okay. if you look at the report, I, I I think it's something similar that all other newspapers are carrying. Mm.
5: right uh, yeah so then this just and this creates an effect where if i know i'm going to write a report today and then i'm going to be called to the police station and i'll have to like respond to their questions for half a day i'll just stop writing basically
3: right a few months and that's ago, what so this is aimed at essentially. during the during the lockdown which happened after the abrogation of 370 so police have this group of journalists whatsapp group of journalists where they share information for journalists too so they mistakenly shared a list hmm. which wasn't supposed to be out Mm. And then they, half an hour later, they said, oh, don't publish this. But one journalist, he had already filed it. And then he was hauled up for that. In
1: fact, the same thing happened with the journalists who are on the railway. When we did a story <laughs> on the railway ministry, they, they have a group of journalists who, they, so they put up a clarification then they deleted it. But by then, some <laughs> reporters already had taken a screenshot. Anand, you want to come in on this? And we can just go in from here to, you know, Ramchandra Guha, the fracas that happened because of that. And then, Wire carried that piece. And then, of course, And you'll be interviewing him? uh, I've already interviewed him. It'll be up on News Laundry later this week. Oh, cool. But yeah, Anand, what do you think of all these cases of UAPA and stuff? Does it impact journalism in any significant way?
0: No, I don't have any, I mean, uh, firm grasp of the facts of this. So, the line that I would take is that I would wait for the investigations or police investigations.
1: I see. But you think there's enough right now for them to file UAP against these journalists? Means
0: in the current circumstances, without knowing the facts, so what investigation would do that they would also, people who have been accused, would also refuse accusations, refute accusations. So a lot of facts would then come. What is their position on that?
3: right respectfully that's hmm. not how it works in kashmir there's not going to be any investigation there's hmm. not going to be like a trial in a court or anything this, this is hanging. just there hanging yeah. there is, is a like sword on your
1: head. yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm, I'm a little surprised that, that that is process, how, yeah. how one would assume you think that's how law works in our country anand genuinely what i'm saying is that once the cases are
0: filed then uh, what is the accusation would come and what would, what is their
1: counter to it would come, then we will know more facts. Now coming to um, Ram Guha, since we're on the topic of the press and then we can talk about Arnab as well. In fact, I guess we'll file a report on this shortly, but our wonderful reporter who always cracks stuff and Raman sirs contacts, I think we have been able to identify one of the congress workers who attacked, who's been accused of attacking Arnab.
4: Uh-huh. No, two. Two we of been... them.
1: No, one of them has been identified, right? Our uh-huh. reporter has... Yeah. Found the social media profile. Uh-huh. He's a youth Congress worker yes, or yes. something. He's no,
4: in that. fact, uh, the Mumbai Congress head has identified both. He says that he knows both of them. Both have
1: been identified. Uh-huh. He
4: them. he knows both of them. That's what. Who who is he? Knows both the of them. Congress the Mumbai Congress chief.
1: No, but they they, they, are they they are Congress workers. Both they are Congress that. workers. So, Youth
5: Congress workers. Yeah. So
1: yeah. they the ones who've been arrested. Yes, yes. Uh, who've been, anyway, so we'll come to that. But I spoke with um, Ram Goha yesterday, and that interview will be up shortly on News Laundry as well. And he said the same thing had happened to him in 2007 or 2008 with the same newspaper. With HD. With <laughs> HD. He says that that time they were busy kissing... The UPS.
5: Yeah, yeah. Basically, HT
1: is their core competence is asking whoever's in power. Exactly. So at that time, they censored it. He says, okay, same thing. I'm out. And because in 2007, you know, Twitter wasn't such a big deal, and digital wasn't such a big deal. It did not become such a big deal. And then later, he said, uh, who was the former editor of uh, Hindustan? Sanjay Narayan. Yeah. So he had sort of you know meeting. He said, we promise this won't happen again. And you know, it'll change. And of course, it happened again in the same. So I walked out the same way.
5: I really like the NL Hindi headline on this which mm. uh, so you guys can read that piece as Bajitendra Jitendra Kumar the Hindi headline says Hindustan Times uh, bracket Birla parivar Congress ke prati hum saath saath hain se hum aapke hain kaun tak kaise <laughs> <laughs> pretty much sums it up because I have also like I became a journalist in 2009 but back then I used to hear stories of calls being made to the Hindustan Times bureaus on stories that were against UPA and you know, reporters being pulled up for doing stories that made Congress exactly. look bad. It was always yeah.
1: considered Congress, cup, yeah. you know, chatta batta, and now it is. And you know, Chopra, no, was a Rajya member. Is, that
4: is for quite a long time. Ha.
1: Huh? Uh, so, 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 so that's it.
4: Hindustan Times has changed its line. I mean, I remember when I was in DNA. So, one of my reporters was interviewed hmm. for covering BJP. Someone who is covering BJP. Hmm. So, the first question that was being asked: If you have an access to the PMO direct? <laughs> So so, so when she said ki what has PMO to do with covering the BJP? Uh, so she was not taken in. So.
1: so you had to have that access.
4: So um, yeah, um, Anand, do you want to
1: comment on this? On Ram know You've been a Ram Guha critic for a long time. On Hafta several times. Do you think his outrage and his outburst is unique? The response is unique this time? Or this has always been like this so we should accept it as a fait accompli and say this is life?
0: No, see... yeah. Uh... There are two ways of looking at it. it uh, first, is uh, the, it is a matter between, say, a private company and a man contracted to write for it. And second is, of course, about the press and uh, what is acceptable, what is not. So if you look at it from the first perspective, so we don't know the other side, what the company has to say about it. So um, what the particular editor or the proprietor who suggested particular paragraphs or sentences to be called, what what, what is their position on that? And second is, of course, about the press one. First, uh, I would like to say that uh, I'm not very fond of talking about very successful columnists, uh, (laughs) successful people, Uh, successful people usually don't have very anything useful to say to, uh, say, the large section of professionals who are lesser known or not that successful. So he had choices. He could publish in WIRE. He could publish anywhere. He could publish in international press also. But people say lesser known lesser known colonists who uh, say right to earn a livelihood they may not have that choice. So they may actually agree to dropping some paragraphs to get money at the end of the month. So I don't think he represents the larger scheme of things for columnists as a professional group. Second thing is, I, I, I briefly worked with a person who is very famous for having his book banned And I vividly remember the day the notice came in his office, he was very happy. He was very happy he could get traction because of the legal notice served by a very big corporate company in India. So he he was happy. And in fact, I could see his elation in the phone calls he made. So, I see a pattern of professional victimhood. This, this, uh, what uh, you say, profitable victimhood, this would do a lot of good to Mr. Guha's politics. Third is, it is not a matter of state intervention in uh, getting a column culled or a column edited or, say, censored to use his words. Now, if you, uh, since is a historian, i was recently reading a book uh, by uh, a cambridge historian group uh, of daman singh 16 stormy days it is about the first amendment and the first amendment which uh, amended the fundamental right of speech and uh, right to speech and also uh, other things about it it, it is a um, uh, A major thing. In fact, it it largely changed the social contract between the citizen and Indian state. And uh, when you look at Mr. Guha's work on on contemporary Indian history, and Mr. Um, Pippen Singh in in this book also, laments that not only books, even research papers, have been very scant on the analysis of historical analysis of this act, the impact it had. On, and it was triggered even by the uh, censoring of a magazine hmm. uh, run by Romesh Thap. So what, what, uh, what I am saying that when actually the state intervention in freedom of speech came, and when he had to write long on it, uh, in, in his, on the wider canvas of contemporary history, He let his politics intervene. He didn't write it. uh, He he touched it, wrote flittingly on it, not to the extent that he would like to uh, give sermons on freedom of speech, yes.
1: Although I do think that harking back to Nehru on something that happened in 2020 is... Oh no, I'm not, I, not, I not, not harking quite... back.
0: I am, I am just bringing it to because he is a historian. Otherwise, I would not have harked back to
1: 1950s. Yeah, but I have read his critique of Nehru's approach to freedom of speech and also Nehru's approach to uh, you know, the lack of healthcare. I, I, he has critiqued that, maybe not to the extent that you would have liked, but I don't think it's true that he hasn't commented on that I particularly am, at all.
0: I, I am saying that he touched upon it fleetingly. He had the material available for decades on it is used.
1: Sure. So, it could be used yeah, very so, well. Right. So I think that, uh, again, yeah, that really depends on how much you think is. But I think one thing that is truly problematic in today's context, and I've just seen some of the tweets regarding this on on by established reporters. And uh, I've said this before, reporters who... I have known for decades, who during UPA's time, when I was going, in fact, some buffoon, I'll probably respond to him after this. He's saying, wherever where you, since you are whining about freedom of speech, wherever you went, Sonia. I was like, dude, I was gherawing a house. Okay, I was outside a house. We had out a house. And, and you know, I usually don't take names, but now I should. Because people like Jaggi and all, didn't have the guts to speak up then, yeah. I mean, now you're saying, Sonia, Sonia. I've had conversations with these guys sitting in the lobby of Taj Hotel saying, how about getting more... Yaar. No, no, you, you do it. So I just think that journalists who did not have the guts to speak up during UPA are hardly anyone to say what were you doing when UP or XYZ was in town. And as far as it come, comes to people who are, you know, higher profile, who are more accomplished than others, of course, different rules apply to them, but that's what is in everything, right? Amitabh Bachchan can tell Gulzar at his peak, that I will not say these lines. But no one can say that to Gulzar today. I mean, it's it's simple, right? I won't say these lines and you will write these lines for me. So that is depending on, you know, how big a name you are. And that is where market forces... So if you believe in the market, then you believe in the market. And if you don't believe in the market, you don't believe in the market. And if the market dictates that this guy sells more than that guy, then he will dictate terms. I mean, it's that's pretty simple. And I, I do think the market has a power that is beyond uh, subjective calls, uh, which is a measurable metric.
3: I think we are coming at it the wrong way. Hmm. This isn't about Ram Goha, mm. what his antecedents or what his credibility is or not is. The point here is a very powerful media organization just decided to censor a piece they didn't like. Why they didn't like it? If you read it, it's like really innocuous. There's nothing in it that should like I mean hurt anybody's feelings or anything. But because, I mean, this is the self-censorship we were talking about before. Because they think this will hurt them in some way financially or whatever, their access to the uh, powers that be, so they decide to self-censor. How, even if it was not Ram Guha, it was a a cub reporter who did a story like this Mm -hmm. and they decided to censor it. Not because it was wrong on facts, not because it didn't uh, it wasn't up to the standard journalistic standards, but merely because somebody, they thought somebody might get offended. That is a very scary situation in this country. And these are powerful organizations. These, these are organizations that employ hundreds of people. These are newspapers. Uh, HD is the biggest selling English newspaper in Delhi, right? Delhi, yeah. yeah. So these are powerful institutions. If they fall in line so badly, like Advani e. s- said, they're like crawling where they have been, not even been asked to bend. What hope is there for the rest of the media? What hope is there for freedom of speech in this country? What hope is there for civilized discourse in this country?
4: This was a piece about Central Vista. Yeah. And Central Vista is very, very, very close to uh, Mr. Modi. We have been doing, uh, we are working on this story, a series on uh, Central Vista, the rules that they have bent, uh, you know, in in two, three months, and and how swiftly they have, uh, you know, also allotted uh, money, thousands of crores of rupees. So it's very close to the PMO, the Prime Minister. So maybe I think this was one of the reasons that uh, the Hindustan Times decided to not mm. to carry it. I think this was That's the what cases. I'm saying. So it's yeah. very
3: scary. And l- let's go back a little bit. Uh, Mr. Goha's piece, like the first, I think one third of it is about the couple of pieces that uh, Alpana Kishoji uh-huh. wrote for us, right? For news loans So yeah. imagine we hadn't published those mm. for some reason. This conversation wouldn't have gone forward mm. at all. True. So if everybody starts
5: doing that, nobody is the wiser. Right. And also I think the fact that an HT management decides not to respond to such a charge really says something about how thick-skinned they are or how this is not even... I mean, it's become it's come to such a place that this is not even looked at as a blow on your, you know, credibility. You'd at least want to explain yourself, but I guess you can't explain yourself because you're blatantly censoring someone and this is very different. It shouldn't be confused by people for editorial inputs because I don't think a Ramguha or any regular columnist with a newspaper who's had a relationship doesn't mind edits, changes to pieces as long as the tone, tenor and meat of the story remains the same. This is Hindustan Times saying that we will not publish it. You scrap this column and then you can continue writing from next week. That's ridiculous.
0: Also, what is still not known is that whether the management did it, uh, the owners or proprietors or it was at the editorial level.
5: It was not at the editorial so, uh, level according to Ram Guha. He said that the editors uh, were
0: fine with the are uh, there is some say the peer groups the inbuilt peer groups like say uh, Manu Joseph uh, accused uh, the straw editor of telling the mint editor that how could you carry his pieces so there could be also the possibility of a peer group, a kind of cabal working, that uh, on the other side of the cabals are on the both sides. So uh, it's still not clear till the company comes and uh, clarifies on it, it's not clear at what level it was dropped.
5: I think it's very clear. I mean, Ramgu has said what he's had to. Ht's silence means that they have and nothing they, but they to hide. Welcome Guha. to
1: speak. I mean, they, no one's stopping them from speaking. Yeah. And also, if Ramgu has come on record and said that he was given the assurance that this won't happen again because it happened in 2007 or eight, whenever. Unless someone has a different view, they can speak up.
5: And what he said that the editors uh, didn't have a problem, it was the proprietors, right? Which I they can imagine a, because yeah. the editor was
3: Dena. it doesn't matter whether it was the editor or the proprietor. It's hmm. still Hindustan Times. Right, it's the
1: institution. It's the institution. Now, coming to uh, um, you know, Arnab, um, what do you think of Arnab's coverage, Anuradha? Is he much viewed in Jammu? Is he very popular face? Is he the number one noisiest... Person there, and did did you see his outburst? Both of them, the one where he put on social media where he was attacked, and the one where he went at the accusing Sonia Gandhi of being involved in the Palghar lynchings.
2: I'm not a big fan of uh, Arnab Goswami. In fact, I don't even consider him a journalist, and I don't watch his programs for my own sanity. But this morning, I had to watch that video to see what uh, he was, uh, what this was really about. As far as Jammu and Kashmir is concerned, the politics within Jammu and Kashmir is so contested that it depends on who is watching him and who is looking at him. You know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of fan following in uh, Jammu region, but even a lot of the very um, uh, people who are soft towards Hindu right wing, if not essentially uh, very Hindutva in their ideology. Even they find him too um, jarring, uh, his, uh, his, his narrative, his, his voice too jarring. And uh, in Kashmir, of course, he's hated, but he's still watched nonetheless. And there are many people who are ready to go to his show. As far as what do I make out of these allegations, I think it's, it's very difficult to be judgmental without a probe. um incident whatever allegations he is making even if i consider him a non-journalist i consider that he's never upheld the right for freedom to speech but nonetheless as a person being attacked if he's been attacked i think it must be condemned and then it must be probed Uh, and one of the questions that comes to my mind is that he has so much of security um not one security personnel you know what the this video is talking about one or two security personnel he's supposed to have more and why is it that they failed to counter this kind of an attack there is as it is there's a lockdown for this kind of an incident to have happened uh, that means there could be a security lapse sure so uh, i'm not judging anything i i just have questions as a journalist And Mm. I think these need to be... Your journalistic
1: instincts have kicked in. Anand, what did you see? Either of the two outbursts? What are your your commentary on both or either?
0: I have two points on this. First is uh, the case itself. Now, this I, I have been saying for long, that mob lynchings in India and the communal lynching. Communal lynching is just a very minor subset of the larger problem of mob violence. And... People on the either side of the boundary are very means very tactically used uh, communal elements in it. But uh, the fact is that any grown-up man, if he is not has not led a very elite, sheltered life, must have washed a mob lynching. Even if it men, might not have uh, ended in a murder, but public beating, and mobs don't know the fine line that divides public beating and the actual murder. And that is a problem that uh, uh, mob behavior has, even I'm not saying that beating is not problematic, but once the persons are whipped up and everyone uh, joins in, they, uh, they don't uh, know the extent to which they can go. So. And the communal slurs, caste slurs, are the afterthoughts, means mm, something done to just uh, mobilize more people or just said in anger. But the origin point is something very minor, something, say, theft suspicion, child lifting suspicion. And uh, the caste angle, communal angle, are only justified in a very, very minor number of cases, very less number of cases. So people have to be very, very careful that what to call mob lynch. This was certainly not a communal lynching. It was just a mob lynching. And and so are most of the cases. Second is, I think uh, the point that Mr. Goswami was trying to make was valid, but he took the wrong case. Uh, He took the wrong case, and um, this is my gripe against him, that he took the wrong case. In India, in a large country like India, you have thousands of cases which can be used on either side of the binary to justify their point of selectivity. Selectivity is the real monster in Indian media. It is. In fact, the unfortunate fate of Indian media consumer is that you have to scan all regional media, all national media, just to know what is happening. Because there is not one single media house which will tell you everything. So the point that, he that was would making be, that is... That would not, not be
1: a media house, that would be God. I think you are confusing a media house uh, by God who will tell you everything, right? You so said there's
0: no... That, one. Uh, that, uh, so <laughs> if you go out in a large country like India, there are millions of facts. What you choose to give importance is your call and that that that, that, that is a lot, lot of time ideologically driven and a lot of things go in it so point he was making was not new but for his target audience he whipped, He could have just have a better positioning on the ground, better ground reporters who can bring more valid cases. In fact, to, even for manufacturing of the outrage, there, it was an incompetence because a spectacle of outrage in national media. For that, you need to have a solid case, and there is no dearth of solid cases. I, in regional media, I read daily attacks on police, Delhi, Delhi. Uh, uh, like in this Saraswati uh, Puja, there were uh, even a leader was killed because of pelting, and they didn't find any national media coverage. So you could have just picked any of it and highlighted you were you were incompetent. And so is the say the other side. But if you look at. Uh, Um, those cases on Google, there are only two, three media houses which we should have covered. it. Now, the standard operating procedure of media houses on both sides of the ideological divide is that they will pick a dubious case, a dubious case which is of fake news and burst it and uh, let their uh, media consumers believe that every case of this type must be fake. No, they are not. In fact, if... 10 of them are fake, 90 are correct, 90 are genuine cases. And this is, this is a new trend I have seen for the last 3-4 years that um, media houses on both sides of the divide do this fake news busting just to discredit the genuine cases also. So the point he was making was correct. But, but what I is the point? I'm, I'm the, trying to
1: understand. What is the point he was making? Because the point he was making, as far as I'm concerned, is that Sonia Gandhi is involved in the killing. That, well, yeah, he finish. was saying I'll that... Uh, in... He said Sonia Gandhi is involved in the murder and of these Palghar guys. That's the point he was making. And so, she's reporting to it. And that she's reporting to thing. No, so I'm not commenting
0: on the... I'm not commenting... I'm commenting on his selectivity point that uh, people who... Uh, he said a lot of things. Uh, I'm not uh, uh, just pointing to that. He said it was a long monologue. He said a he lot said, of things. He said Hindu, am, Hindu,
5: Hindu Sadhu mara. So, so I, I, am,
0: I am just... Uh, he said a lot of things. I, I, I am not mm, focusing on the Sunni thing. Uh, I am focusing on the media thing and the way he accused people of selectivity. So, uh, so, yeah,
1: so I do think... So, so, I, so as when it comes to, I think, selectivity, it is... I mean, it is but obvious that there are... God, you know, covers everything all the time. So uh, I think Anand's expectation that there be one media house. And when you say that's unique to India... I mean, I'm happy to you know find out if there is one such in any part of the world that covers everything that happens in that country all the time.
0: I never said I never said that it is unique to India. I no, said that you said in India, a- if there's one.
1: So I said it's not just in India. It's in the world if there's one. No, I'm not saying it's just in India because you said
0: no. Because, uh, but I didn't say that in world there are such channels. I said uh, since I watch Indian news, news media more, I said
1: okay. So 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 I think one thing is that the. The both-sidedism, I think Arnab is unique. Like, for example, I'm not a big fan of India today's coverage either. I think India today, you know, flirts with one side, then they'll do one token story, then they'll do that. But by and large, they don't indulge in the insanity that Republic does. But their alliances, I think, are quite clear. As is anyone who has big interests, yeah, who has big stakes to lose. That Whoever's in power, they will... Like, Hindustan times, I don't think the Bharatiya's are Jai Shri Ram Bhakt or Sonia Bhakt, but Jobbi Sarkar the government... They business interests. Take care of our interests, we'll take care of your interests. It's, it's a transaction. Arnab is unique. A, he has lost any respect for any facts. He says whatever the hell he wants. I mean, in the sense that it can be not even close to the truth. So I don't, I'm not aware of anyone on the other side who is at Arnab level. I don't think there is anybody who can do that. And B, he actually actively is trying to provoke a situation that is violent in his tone, in his choice of words, and even in the entire tenor and the line he takes. I think in that he's unique. So, I would not... I mean, I would find find it difficult to let something pass saying that both sides do it. This is like Trump saying that, you know, that rally, we will not... Uh, that that you will not replace us, Jews will not replace us, Wala Juthar. Saying rally. that there were people on both sides. No, Arnab, there's no there's no Arnab equivalent on any side, is my position, sir. So,
4: no, I think... <laughs> Let's stick to the issue that we are talking about. Mm. What really happens when we are talking about this issue? We started looking at the macro picture that the mm. two sides and the three sides and the four sides. Mm. What was the issue? Mm. The issue was Palghar. Mm. What happened at Palghar? Three sadhus, two, they sadhus, were two were sadhus and two saha. And they were beaten up mercilessly. Okay. Mm. Now, what, what did Arnab do? Arnab tried to make, he manufactured, I don't know which point, where was he right? He manufactured ...the news in his way and he made it communal. Communal to the extent that the two sadhus... ...humare sadhus ko maara jaara hai hai. Thak hai, padri ko agar maare to kya se So now, I mean... To the, to the extent that the state minister... ...had to issue the names of people that they have arrested... ...they are not even Muslims. They are tribal people. So they're Hindus. I mean, there was no communal angle to it. I mean, if you look at the entire narrative... Sadhu, Sadhu, and Sadhu. And how was it shown? How was it projected? If you see that show again, there's one, I think Sadhu was having a play card. So so you're making it a kind of campaign. Hmm. So, I mean, and this is one uh, about his show, which was, I think, out and out manufacturing a story. Uh, This was, it was, he was not close to any facts. And I don't know what point he was trying to make. And he was definitely not making any right point. And second, that Anuradha was talking about uh, the, his security guards. See, he has got Y category. So in Y category, mostly the, uh, you know, this policeman, they, there is an accompanying car, so they are sitting in that car. And and if, if they are traveling, so I think, uh, I think uh, no no policeman is, you know, accompanying the person that they are trying to defend. So, so his car must be, uh, you know, uh, in the front when these two people came knocking and they through the ink.
1: So, and also, sorry, uh, you know, Manisha, you can come in, but uh, you know what Anuradha said, I, I get what you're saying, Anuradha, that I think one must, especially as journalists, any attack is, has to be pushed back on because it's a slippery slope. You can't defend one and not defend the other. Mm. But it's not that binary black and white in this case. I'll tell you the thing is that when Arnap comes and says what he says, he makes it seem like there was an attack on his life. There was black ink on his car and he says that as he was entering the house... two guys when there's a security car behind him... ...were banging on his window... ...his entire description is I don't know... five minutes long... ...and trying to break the window... ...and they could not break the car window... ...clearly so incompetent... ...that they should be hired in Republic as journalists... ...that if <laughs> they were trying to break the window... ...they could not break it over five minutes... ...while banging, banging, banging... ...and this is a planned attack apparently... ...so they came with their fist to break a window... ...now mm-hmm. when you cut the details of it... ...and then he says... ...now you give me sympathy... You are taking away from what he had done to journalism the night before. So it's not a black and white. There is no way I'm going to support anyone attacking anyone. But just like Aditya Rajkall tried to make a big spectacle of Manishankar Ayer shoving him aside, saying, see how I've been attacked. But dude, you were blocking his way putting the mic in his face. So I say, of course, he should not shove you aside. But you made sure that he shoved you aside because you didn't give him any place to move. And you're basically shoving a a mic into an old man's face so you see it's not that simple and what what the unimaginative people do and i will not hold my tongue are the idiots of the world are catering to the idiots of the world so they make it binary that you are not standing
2: up for this you're standing up for that i'll stand no, up I'm for not, this before i I, I, didn't, I, no, I would like to make it a simple binary what i said i said i was talking about the need for an investigation one person has made an allegation which is probably then, true I,
1: I, I'm taking it as face value because I think we've even got the names of this youth congress guys. <laughs> They've been nabbed.
2: So- whether it's true or it's not true, I said attack on any person is needs to be probed, needs to be condemned. Hmm. But whether, you know, this is related to freedom of speech, I think that is a question where, uh, you know, we cannot um, categorize this particular case in that Yeah, because this is one man, and I I said it earlier. Also, Mm. this is one person who's never really believed in anybody's freedom of speech. In fact, day after day, he's been churning out fake news uh, through his programs and through his channels, and very forcefully doing it with the backing of many people in power. Right.
5: Hmm. So I think I can't understand what sense did Anand see in Arnab's debate on the selectivity bit just yesterday two men in assam were lynched to death okay neither arnab nor any of the right wing media have made a big deal about it because i'm guessing these guys are not wearing you know saffron clothes and i agree that there are lynchings but to draw an equivalence between a lynching which happens which doesn't have a communal angle to to the ones that you know a clerk or um, what was the name pehlu khan have gone through so you cannot make a you cannot make an equivalence between a lynching of say these two brothers Biswaji Das and Harad Das that happened in Assam to a lynching that happened uh, you know with Pehlu Khan because in this case though it's terrible it's a breakdown of law and order you know it's it's you have to hold the state accountable for it and there's a deeper psychological study and all that that you can do it doesn't put me as a Hindu under threat I don't think twice about if I look like a Hindu, am I gonna be lynched? This is very different from the psychological impact that a lynching of Pehlu Khan and Akhlaq has. Muslims would be scared of wearing, I mean, um, the lynching of that 18 year old boy, what was his name? Uh, that happened, you know, in the train. On the train, guy. yeah. You know, he was wearing a skull cap and all that. When there's a communal lynching, it has an impact on that community, especially when those guys are then garlanded or given tickets or invited to BJP rallies, or a message is sent out that it's okay if you lynch someone on suspicions of kawthead because it actively threatens a particular community. Oh, that's the objective this, too. Exactly, that's the objective. Yeah, and that is very different from what happened in the case of these two sadhus. They were not targeted for wearing saffron clothes. They were not targeted because they were sadhus. They were targeted because there were vicious, scary rumors of child lifters going around that space. Just before these sadhus were attacked, on April 14th, a team of doctors were attacked in the same area. They were attacked, they were tied down, the police came, rescued them out. This is sad. No one is saying that this is this should be downplayed and I'm all for a you know, tough we are
4: doing a investigation. Yeah. In yeah, it. We're doing a report. But it
5: does not have a psychological impact on the Hindu community in the way that lynching of Akhlaq would have on the Muslim community. When Arnab says, and when Arnab communalizes theirs and co- talks about selectivity, it's bullshit. You can't be buying this. Mm. I, I, I don't understand how you can make an equivalence and say, oh, but lynchings are happening and then 90% or 30%. Firstly, we have no data, really, to know how many lynchings are happening, how many are communal. I don't think any either of the India spend or the HT data or any of the data have done justice to this. And maybe it's going to be tough in India to do it also because we don't have a hate crime watch. Hmm. But for Arnab to introduce a Hindu angle into this, it is criminally... Irresponsible. It's not journalistic. It makes no sense. And then to go on to say that Sonia Gandhi is doing this at the behest of someone in Italy, and those Italians are clapping and are happy that uski raj mein Hindu mar gaye. I mean, I'm shocked that people can say that. How can you? How can you watch That's this and I think that? I mean, I that, think it's you
4: know, clear he, under, he didn't just normal. say
3: Sonia Gandhi. He said Sonia mino What's her middle yeah, name? whatever full ha, Miro, ha, whatever. Because ha. that was also a communal dog whistle. That's and, yeah. It's a communal dog
5: whistle. And if this whistle. was say in a Muslim-dominated area and Hindu sadhus had been attacked for you know their identity then yes then there's a you, then the, you know that would lead to a fear among the sadhu communities to cross mm. over in Muslim dominated neighborhoods and that's a different story this is not that story
0: there has uh, there, and that's a very weak defense I am afraid to say first is that I never said that what Arnab said was right what I said that you said he, yeah,
5: he makes sense so I don't no, see anywhere no. how he makes sense
0: let, let me finish yes
5: so, please
0: first I said that the point of his the point of selectivity is correct. It is a monster in Indian media. I didn't say that Arnold is the ideal person to speak about it. Uh, second is, I, I I never touched upon his Sonia comment. There can be a separate discussion on that. Third is that um, the selectivity bit is very, very valid. I think he one has to be very willingly ignorant about not accepting selectivity in Indian media. Just see the CA coverage and see the media houses. How many them have only reported, but only reported. I don't on think. The... I don't think
1: anyone has made a point that there is no selectivity. I, I mean, who made that point? So I'm uh, I'm...
0: and also, also about the mob lynching thing you just collect the data from police and say what uh, during investigation what was the actual reason for the beating to a start. I take that origin. In some cases I said there is a very small number of cases which it might be communal and I didn't say that not even a single case is not communal but large number of cases are not communal. That, these are the points I yeah. made and uh, i think there was either misinterpretation of it or i didn't put it uh, clearly
5: okay my so, simple question hmm. just i just want to ask you one thing in this case where is the selectivity in these okay. sadhus who were lynched to death where is the selectivity I, I
0: i said in the very beginning that this is not a question this was not a case of communal lynching he Put a, a, he took a wrong case to present selectivity. That was my first sentence. If you can rewind right. and listen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you said he was making the right point but using the wrong example. So anyway,
5: on the selectivity, but also point me to a case where a lynching has happened because a person is Hindu or was made to say say you know Allah Akbar or was killed because they had a you know tilak on their head and it was downplayed by the media. And that the lynchers were celebrated and were you know garlanded. Like, point me to a similar case, and then say selectivity. No, no.
4: Okay, is there any ah. such case? I, yeah. No, no. In just point going me to by case going by, Hindu has me, been for his going by and... what Anand say hmm. that he picked up a wrong example, but he's right. So didn't he end up you know playing up a fake news? Fake?
1: Yeah, in a sense, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, so, so.
4: that's all. So, I'm... You see,
0: see. There are not only there is not only one case. I can send you number of cases. Okay. Not I was no, no, not Let's speak in specifics. About, I think
5: let, let, there be
0: some... you are confusing two different things. Let me speak. Okay. What I was saying that the psyche of lynching and selectivity bit was a different thing. Was a different thing. Two uh, two where different points made all together in different compartments and. The selectivity with of what media covers, what doesn't cover, was a different point. And lynching on lynching, I was uh, pointing to the communal origins of lynching are very less, and there are other banal factors which are more. uh, Which uh, yeah, I think that 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 point has been made. Sure, I mean
1: that 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 point has been made. I think that two separate points being made, which are not mutually exclusive, but uh, anyway. Uh, so I have a few emails this one is from Laveen Vadwani who's a non-subscriber so therefore Laveen you have spoken about China's wet markets and you have said thanks for unflagging commitment to deliver independent news I would urge you to subscribe Uh, your piece is very informed and informative thank you for it I will not be reading out because you're not subscriber as per our data but if you mail us again and confirm that you are then I'll make sure our producers because maybe our subscription is through a different email right so that's why you show up as a non-subscriber. But I will share this with our editors and maybe we can even publish this because it is very well-drafted and sources have been cited and it is a responsible piece. So maybe um, this is a good piece. It is, And your last line is, I hope some of this data helps clarify and substantiate the current state of affairs in this matter. And it is about the shutting down of wet markets. It's not enough permanently banning wildlife trade world, worldwide, reform our food systems. So these are some of the points you've made in this piece. Then Naveen Mishra has mailed saying... Someone pointed to Bloomberg as a subscription-only site. Bloomberg has a lot of services. Their terminal business is at bloomberg.com/professional. They also have a large media business, which has events, sponsored content and ads on top of subscriptions. So the comparison doesn't isn't apples to apples about the co-op shared ownership structure of the future of news laundry. Do have a look at b Corp's, public benefit co-op, and platform co-ops. Looking forward to seeing those changes. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks, Naveen. Uh, I think
3: uh, we did explain this the last time. I did explain this, that Bloomberg isn't just the terminals.
4: It's a huge business. It's a much larger... They are now, I think, collaborating with the New York governor, you know, on this COVID-19. On COVID-19? Because Mike Bloomberg was the former governor Uh, of uh, New uh, York. He was the mayor. Mayor, sorry, not
1: governor. Then Gunj Mohan says... Dil Jeet Liayar. Hi, on Zealand team. Just finished listening to Hafta 272. Absolutely blown away. Clear, succinct. And did I pronounce that correctly? Succinct? Succinct, yeah. And complete exposure of India's bigoted and powerful special thanks to Maharaj. He tells us who the real Indian Muslim is. A person who suddenly being asked to see the devil as a savior. His inputs are a constant rebuttal to the demonization being carried out in the media. Hope panel can improve its caste representation too. On the idea of webinar with a migrant worker, absolutely brilliant. Economist, step back and then we'll give voice to the voiceless. A suggestion, please do a practice session with the workers as they're probably not comfortable with the technology. Yeah, man. Gunj, we're having a problem with that. uh, So we got to make sure that they're completely comfortable talking to a machine, this little, you know, phone in front of them. And finally, on the idea of expanding ownership of NL, I have always fancied myself as part owner because I subscribe and pay to keep news free. But the fact that there is an effort to actually share power just blows my mind away. This expansion will make News Laundry model the go-to reference for a successful and fair corporate model. The success of News Laundry in becoming an increasingly important mission in my life. So anything I can help with, please just ask. I keep trying to help out anyway because... News is not just about, not just a news organization, it is a community in the making. Keep up the good work. A big I love you to the whole team of NL. Thanks, Gunj. We are very touched. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe um, we'll, um, I, I make, you know, tap in to figure out on the structuring bit. I've spoken to a few CAs. Do mail me at abhinandan.sakri at gmail.com and tell me what is your area of expertise because we'll need a lot of area of expertise in putting this entire thing together. So I won't go into the other mails right now. Oh, by the way, we also have a new podcast, Highway on My Podcast. And there's a newsletter. Check it out. Since in this COVID time, we are all locked in and you can't get to the highway, we will bring the highway to you. Prashant, Mayur, Rocky and I have shot about five shows over 10 years. And we've driven everywhere in this country. So we shall get you a travel show in these lockdown times. Then News Laundry SENA, we have this Delhi Vista project which should be up next week. So, if you can just top it up, whatever little is available now, you can just contribute. So, because reports like this take a lot of time, money, and effort. And finally, NL versus NL. I'm loving this series. Uh, hopefully, me and Mihraj are recording one which we disagree on. And just so you know, this, these are NL versus NL. We are not disagreeing for the sake of the podcast. We genuinely check who disagrees on what issue and we record that. And uh, we are going to open this up to subscribers because we want subscribers to have debates with each other as well. And you want to reclaim the debate, because debate isn't just what you see on prime time. It can be civil, it can be two people who disagree and disagree completely on something, but yet can it, it can be an enriching experience instead of the shit that we see. And uh, yeah, there's a Google form, in fact. So news laundry subscribers, you've been sent a Google form on several issues. You can just fill that and we'll match you up with someone who disagrees with you who's also a news laundry subscriber. And we'll be recording NL versus N L with subscribers. Now, finally, well, not finally, we have a whole bunch of things that we not a whole bunch, two more things you need to talk about. But um, what was that you wanted to explain, Mehraj? The issue that I All touched the upon the A I R thing. So, yeah. what exactly? So, sorry, before you get in, the context is the Prime Minister in his address says, "Don't fire anyone." I saw this report on television of a guy who makes helmets and these, you know, uh, cricket helmets, sports equipment in okhla And he employs around 200 people. And he says there are many such factories like mine. And their annual turnover is between 20 to 30 crores. He employs 200 people. He says he paid them for March. But he's not going to pay them for April or May or June. And he says, I don't know how the Prime Minister can stand there with a straight face and expect me to pay. And he basically shared his balance sheet saying that in this is the summer he exports to UK and most of his equipment is cricket equipment and this is cricket season summer in the UK he says they're not taking he he supplies to Slasinger as well which is a well known company he says they're not taking my. he says we don't need it because there's no cricket happening here Uh. so he says I have zero cash flows so where does the prime minister think I'm going to actually you know generate the money or just pull it out and pay these guys And on top of that, when AIR itself is laying off people. So please, yeah, that's the context.
3: So what happened is, like you said, the prime minister appealed to all employers, don't lay off your stop, don't cut their salaries. Then the labor ministry sent out an advisory saying pretty much the same thing. Don't cut salaries, don't lay off employees. So based on these two appeals, the finance ministry put uh, out an office memorandum, office memo which said that all contractual employees, all casual employees and all daily wage employees in any government department, anywhere, obviously the they are paid, some of them are paid per day, some of them are paid according to the work they do. So even if they don't make it to office because the lockdown might prevent them to from doing their work, just don't cut their salaries, pay them whatever, pay them in full. Then some days later, AIR Prasar Bharti sent out a memo, same memo pretty much, but they dropped that word casual employees. They retained the contractual word but dropped the casual employees. What that means in actuality is, so AIR has two types of employees. One are the permanent employees, then there are temporary employees who, are not, who don't get the benefits of the full employees like uh, PF and all, all that stuff. So within this temporary category, there are two types of employees. One are contractual employees, who sign a contract with the with the company and they're paid per month then there is these casual employees their radio uh, announcers their radio jockeys they are only paid per episode per show they do right, right? so there are about 13000 of them more than 13000 of them all over wow, india wow okay so the contractual employees are taken care of because the memo says even if they don't make it to work pay them but the casual employees they have been paid for Some of them have been paid for the work they have done so far in March before the lockdown started. And some of them haven't even got salaries for the work they have done in uh, Jan and Feb also. But now, because they're not giving them any new work, they're not asking them to come to work or work from home or anywhere. So basically, more than 13,000 people have just completely lost their livelihood in one go. And this is a public organization a public company which is disregarding all these advisories with abandon you can imagine what the private players will do right right and similar thing is happening like we were talking about the airlines Hmm. they've been told not to sell tickets right but they're selling still
1: so um in in kashmir jammu and kashmir the economic you know kind of health was not very good in any case of the of the private sector right i mean it's do you think do you think there is uh, much of a scope of things going really majorly south there
2: yeah the economy has already suffered a great deal uh, there have been like hundreds of crores of uh, losses uh, economic losses that uh, you know various businesses have suffered apart from that you know even about these casual workers we're not even counting how they have been affected in the last 8 9 months and now with this covid again, rendering them jobless. There's no telling what the impact is going to be like.
1: Hmm. Right. So um, this COVID has, is going to have major economic impact and we found recently and it it was headlines all over and people say, what a time to be alive, Yevo and the other, that oil went into the negatives. So yeah. in fact, I have a fantastic recommendation of the podcast that explains how and why that happens. Uh, it's basically a question of most of... How oil is priced is not because of actually the physical usage of it. Most of the time it's priced on how the futures are being traded. Because very mm. few mm. people actually take the physical delivery of oil. They're just trading in contracts. But when you actually have to take delivery, then is when the shit hits the fan. And because no oil is being used and you can't just sell that future to someone who says, I will use it and directly it can go to whoever has to be used, then there's no one who wants to use it. That is why this happened. And this NPR, Planet Money, explains it really well. And they have explained the term and the terminology of when the future contract for December is pricing oil at more expensive than what it's pricing today's oil at. Then there is no reason for me to take, you know, take that delivery today. I'd rather take delivery in December and sell it at a higher price then. So yeah, do check that out. But it was quite funny to see everyone getting very excited about that. What a time to be alive. Oil in the negatives. But um before we wind up, I just want to talk about this Tejasti Surya's old tweets facing backlash. The context is, Manisha, can you just tell us the context?
5: Well, these are old tweets. Of, um, which he's deleted, right? Which he's deleted. Now they were from 2015 when he wasn't, I don't even know if he was member of the party back then or not. He was probably working for their social media in Bangalore. So uh, he tweeted, he um, quoted Tariq Fatah, who believes that uh, no Arab woman has ever had an orgasm. And uh, apparently the context is female genital mutilation. And he's tweeted this. And this tweet was picked up by um, people in UAE, some prominent uh, handles. And it was kind of, kind of went viral on social media and where they said that, okay, you can't be saying such stuff and we have great relations and this is an insult. After this... uh, uh, Narendra Modi tweeted out a cryptic tweet saying that we're all in this together and don't commonalize COVID and all. One doesn't know if it was because of the backlash that they got from UAE. But yeah, anyway, that was the long and short of it. And Tejasvi Surya has been quiet. And also in the middle of all of this, there were um, there was a person who was suspended from work in UAE, right? Who was making Islamophobic yes. comments. Yes. A so
3: couple of people, I think, have also been detained. And detained the police and is looking for yeah. them.
5: So, and they were told very clearly that you cannot be in, indulging in hate speech and... I just think it's quite amazing that UAE, Kuwait and all are schooling us in...
1: I think the... the see, it's become a Human bhalas. rights. Basically, it's a bhadas nikalne ka zariya, Twitter. Matlab, jo bol sakte. And also, at, at one level, I think one needs to look at it a little sympathetically as well because those people who are articulate or who have the confidence to speak have been speaking up forever, yeah. But people who may not have had that opportunity or that articulation, Twitter is their zariya. Of saying stuff that they can't say. So in that space, I think it's it's kind of people have got this two faces. You know, they, they, it's almost a multiple personality disorder. like Twitter Now that same person who apologized, that person is working in UAE. Yeah? that person yeah. can't be going around saying what he what he tweeted. Yeah, he
5: could not have been saying I mean, stuff he, like he, that in a country all, like UAE. Of all the
1: places like bloody yeah. there, but suddenly you bloody have Twitter. Now people have started scrutinizing that also. So, But I think Tejasvi Surya is the prime example of the urban Indian right-wing bigot who is being held up as this smart, young, intelligent. Basically, he is the mirror image of Sindhya. Even back in the day, now I'm sure many people in the right-wing have suddenly thought Sindhya is a brilliant man. As Hafta, there are many Haftas are gava. I've always considered him a complete idiot. He's a moron from hell. And only a buffoon would ever think he's worth anything. But there were many people, liberals, who were very impressed. He speaks so well, he's intelligent, he should, he should take from Rahul. But he's a bigger duffer than even Rahul. But he was nice because he spoke well, he seemed bright, he seemed reasonable and rational. They just be the same. When he talks, he seems reasonable, he seems rational. But he's an idiot. He's a bigoted, filthy-minded man. And I just think this is the politics that we live in. We will have, of course, ab bhi chala hai, but the Logan.
3: I think this goes back to an important point Anand made a uh, while ago. How power is distributed in the society, uh, when he was talking about how lynchings aren't always about communalism, they're like uh, power is distributed. So there's this, we need to think about this. There is this policeman on the road, he finds a migrant absolutely doing nothing, just minding his business and he goes and beats him up. The same policeman, if like two minutes later a two-bit politician comes his way, he'll stand up at attention. Why does that happen? It's the same thing with these Sindhya's and the Tajeshvi Surya's and everybody else. There are hundreds of more articulate people, more accomplished people around them, but they don't get the same deference. Why? Because the way this society has been structured for a long time, power is a function, deference is a function of your standing in life. It doesn't flow from your like what you bring to the table how good or accomplished you are it's mm. just that where you stand in the social hierarchy in the power hierarchy it's the same with the 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 media we were talking about earlier the shobna bhartia and the rest of them genuflecting before modi because he has power right now it doesn't matter congress if congress is in power tomorrow they'll do the same thing to them
1: yeah so anyway i think it's, it's and tragic.
3: one other thing that really yeah. infuriates me about all these things is so whenever these kind of things happen like these bigots start Unleashing Mm. their bigotry on Twitter and everywhere, and there are these like senior, very sorted, sane journalists who start complaining to Modi ji, why aren't you saying something about
5: it?
3: (laughs) What the hell, man? It's like uh, saying uh, Corvas are doing this thing, and you go and uh, complain to Duryodhana. What?
5: (laughs) But also, it's it's quite embarrassing, yeah, that some like people in UAE are telling us about, you know, Arab-India relations and like you shouldn't be... Even, uh, like, just to go back to Arnab, his whole rant about that there are Italians who want Hindus dead in India. I would really love if a journalist just, you know, writes to an Italian embassy and asks, seeks a response that a famous Indian journalist has made this. What do you have to say? Are Italians... I mean, this is so embarrassing at another and level. Again, it wasn't that just
3: Italians. He was using a dog whistle. It was meant to be Christians. It was
5: meant to be Christians, obviously. And the Pope yeah. and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. the church. So
3: uh, one point I would like to add. Hmm. There is a, this uh,
0: cliche that uh, what should not be attributed to malice, what should not be seen as malice, what can be attributed to a stupidity. Mr. Surya's statement has a combination of both. So it is a, a stupidity plus malice. So, uh, only thing is that he did it in his... Uh, what is his age now? I think 28, 29 or uh, so. Mm. So, he must years, have
5: done it when he was, I guess, 23, 24, yeah.
0: So, 24. But uh, that is a weak defense again. That's a malicious tweet and a stupid one too. And uh, also, like all levels, uh, the uh, like Big Earth and which can be... Use interchangeably in different contexts to different people. Intelligent, bright—these also are labels. So I think uh, after a very, very, very long time, uh, it's very difficult to say that someone is intelligent. Uh, I really don't find anyone very intelligent. How early media people call something someone very intelligent, articulate. So these words have to be used very, very, very carefully. One word which has also been subjected to much abuse is genius. I think genius is once a generation man, someone man. No yeah, one is. I think I, I
1: think this one had a rant on this on the use of word awesome. Uh, I think Bill Ma, this is everything is awesome. How can a burger be awesome? Anyway. Yeah,
5: oh, just on yeah, the, on the one bit I do agree that yeah, he's 2015 is probably he was what 23 years old? Hmm. So just research, okay, yeah, whatever. He well, was a dummy.
1: But if you see his uh, you know nah, uh, But yeah, whatever come after that. Now, yes. I've, I've just seen an interview an interaction of him somewhere in Bangalore. He's no better. He's still a yeah, buffoon. Yeah. Uh, so Shurveer says, "Hi, all I have two points to comment on the last hafta. First, calling this virus the Chinese virus is wrong for many reasons." It is already being referred to as a coronavirus COVID across the world to actively try. You're right, Shurveer. In fact, we discussed many things that you've spoken about. Names matter. In the US age, was referred to as gay-related immune deficiency grid, which led to public apathy. You're right. In fact, we discussed this. Then Shurveer goes on to say, I like Bill Ma's show, but he has a tendency to oversimplify things. He specifically does this when he goes on his PC-related tirades. Also, political correctness is a good topic for Anil Vazanil. Excellent, Shurveer. We shall include that. Second, this is more of a rant, but I think the visceral hate that has been brewing in India cannot be overstated. I live in the US and have been increasingly getting frustrated calls from my parents. We spent many years living in neighbourhoods with Muslims and cordial, with cordial cordiality and friendship. Now my dad talks about Jamaatis and says in sabko goli mar dena chahiye. And my sweet apolitical mom who says ye muslim bohat haavi ho rahe hain. While my mom is getting these pearls of wisdom from the f- hate factories on YouTube, my dad only consumes TV news. These high-decibel dim-witted gobbles have transformed my low-caste BJP-hating parents to Modi-worshipping Islamophobic doomsayers. I would urge anyone who listens to this to argue and dissuade their boomer parents from drinking this haterade. Uh, you know, this is actually a very good point Shurveer has made, that I used to often say that the impact of these television channels is overstated. No longer, you know. That may have been true for the early 2000s when we had just started, when we were in, you know, in broadcast. But I don't think that's true anymore. I think they have a huge impact.
3: Huge. It's always been true. I mean, look at Rwanda, look at
1: Bosnia, look at Germany. No, India. may. India, mein, I mean, penetration is yes. ah. The sliver that you used to watch news are so tiny. But anyway. It is.
3: It has an impact, obviously.
1: So, meanwhile, there are two more emails, but we've gone way over time. So, I shall try to, um, you know, include these next time. But I have a very short one, which is a sweet and complimentary one. So, I shall read Nithila's email. It says, Hi. NL team, I recently wrote you an email about a &A where I confessed that I was a non-subscriber, but that was only because I'm a student and so using my mother's subscription. Wanted to let you know, Hafta 272 was excellent. I learned so much. I'm really glad NL exists. Not only for the news you guys put out, but the recommendation and references. So Nithila, that's fine. You use your mother's subscription as long as your mother's subscriber, at least someone in your family is. And those of you who are Mufat Khors, who are just listening to this for free, I know, I may not know who you are, but I know how many you are. Because the number of people who listen to Chota Hafta, (laughs) I'm Modi. (laughs)
5: Mitra.
1: So the number (laughs) of people who are paying subscribers to the number of people who consume a Chota Hafta, the free Hafta, is almost 300 times more. That means only one third of the people are paying. So come on, guys, step up. 300 rupees a month isn't that much. Because then the public pays, the public is served. Before we go, um, let's have the recommendations. Can we start with our guest from Jammu?
2: One I just read today in the New Yorker, this amazing story about uh, the body collectors of uh, the coronavirus, the crisis, and how you know they're dealing with the whole, you know, collecting the bodies and handing them to uh, the families, how these are being disposed of. So it's a whole story about uh, that. And it, it, it's very interesting. It's um, a human interest story. I thought it was... Uh, very good. The other thing I liked was uh, yesterday's uh, article in uh, the Indian Express Minimize Democracy and Maximize Interfaith Distance, maybe the New Normal by Suhas Pal The uh, If you're talking about documentaries, I recently watched, which I hadn't seen for the last uh, year, uh, The Hack. And right. I think it's a must watch. Okay. Thank you, Anuradha.
1: Thank you for taking the time and joining us. Appreciate your work. And uh, you stay safe, hang in there. You, uh, work you too. Thank you. in a difficult area in difficult times. Anand, your recommendation?
0: Yes, I have two. One is uh, in form of a suggestion. And second is a book recommendation. First, uh, uh, I would like to uh, recommend re- the listeners to check the PIB fact check uh, um, the Press Information Bureau of Government of India. Uh, because uh, in these times, the clarification about policies, schemes, and those are very important, and it is uh, better to have it from an authorized, from an authorized source like PIB. And it, in doing so, it is also busting a lot of fake news in mainstream media, also or from mainstream media. So, uh, and it has a statewide chapters also. One is the national handle, and then statewide chapters. So it is also Busting a lot of local fake news. So, PIV Fact Check is one uh, general suggestion. And second is the book that I mentioned during the course of discussion, and uh, that is 16 Stormy Days by Tupudan Singh. He's a Cambridge historian, and this book is available on Penguin. It was published in January. Hopefully, I will shortly review it. It's it's about uh, the Process and the background, and what went on to amend the first uh, amendment of the constitution, and how it fundamentally altered the social contract the Indian state had with the Indian citizen in the original constitution. And uh, in course of doing so, uh, in his very tenacious research, he has uh, found that uh, apart. Besides uh, one single research paper, there has not been extensive writing on this. Uh, So there have been fleeting mentions of it, uh, fleeting critiques of it in a few pages or something, but nothing very substantial. So this would be a good read.
1: Right. Manisha?
5: So really nice piece in The Atlantic uh, on why some people get sicker than others on COVID-19. Really good read. Kapil Commerdy's piece in the Critic.co.uk: Modi's ghastly Delhi dream: the plan to remodel Latyan's grand capitalism monument of conceit. I think a strong, nice piece. Uh, Kapil Commerdy. Hmm. And Pratik, did I, did I already? Okay, that it. Okay.
3: Raj? A bunch of recommendations. One is a report we have just published this morning by Anumeha Yadav, COVID-19 relief, how India doesn't count the poorest workers. So it's about these construction workers. India has announced the relief package for the workers, migrant workers and everybody else. But it's not reaching the people it should reach, most of them, and they're still suffering. So that's one. Another is related to the... Pieces, two pieces of Alpana Kishoreji that uh, Mm. Ram Goha talked about. If you haven't read those already, read because it's not just about when this whole conversation has been about how Modi wants to build a legacy for himself. That's the whole idea of Central Vista project. It it isn't just that. It's about how the ordinary citizen is just being driven out of the public square inch by inch meter by meter and that that area is the only public and she talks about a lot more not just that central it's a it's a it's a brilliant piece two pieces there mm. part of the same story about how the elite has always 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 tried to squeeze the ordinary citizen out of the Public places, places, not just public places, public places that really are, I mean, where one can go because the rest of the city, rest of the country doesn't have those places. Mm. So that's, and also because we've been talking a lot about how journalism works, how it affects people and all that. I mean, there's the classic Norm Chomsky manufacturing consent. If you haven't read it, please read it and see how, how effective media is in manufacturing consent of peddling narratives making people really really sick and really mad
4: sir anumea yadav piece is also important mm. in the sense that she just tracked you know the the issues which have been ordered for uh, you know for the welfare of the laborers how many of them have come from the labor ministry and how many of them have come from the home ministry so 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 home ministry is you know largely representing these laborers. So that story is really important. And I'm watching very freaky shows. Mm. Uh, so have you heard of uh, Lorena Bobbitt? Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm watching one documentary uh, on Lorena Bobbitt. So <laughs> this term 1993 when the bobby ties bobby ties uh,
1: she basically for those of you who don't know I remember I, I must have been in college at that time or I don't know how I was definitely out of school for sure but she had cut off her husband's penis uh, and
5: because he was cheating on her right and so the I, media for I the first time had used the word
4: penis
1: oh was it the first yes, time they used the word first penis time. and then it was reattached successfully and he went on to become a porn star well at least for he had a short-lived career as a porn star and that is when the term "bobitized" became bobbitized, like yes. cutting off someone's penis so
4: this bo- is one freaky so show it's <laughs> on him and her both ha oh. it's, a, it's a documentary on I see. prime video I it's see. called lorena i see and uh, the second is a uh, a dystopian show which is called the man in the high castle so assuming that the hitler was alive and then he's ruling most of the most part of the world so okay. japan America. Mm. So in that world so there is one picture they need to smuggle the the guys who are fighting against Hitler and Hitler is very ill so that film needs to be uh, smuggled out. So so I'm just still so watching So it's not really it. fiction. I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> So so this is uh, and and I'm reading uh, on one biography on uh, Smita Patil by the author's name I forgot I think some Miss is wrong. Mm. Uh, not I'm I'm a huge fan of Smith Apartil. I want to know every bit of about her. So the book is not very good because the book is but mostly it's better than nothing. But but at least I still get to know something about her childhood or her friends. Mm. So so that is why I'm reading it. Right.
5: There's a piece also in NYT on Lorena Bobet's documentary. By the way, it wasn't because he was cheating on her, he was he had raped, sodomized and physically violated her.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, that's a, yeah. so um so I'm recommending, both of the pieces I'm recommending are actually from NPR. Uh, one is about this entire oil going below zero. It's very simply explained and I think they have the magic of doing it. I wish you know we can at some point start an economics kind of podcast like that, as simple as this, explaining Indian economic policy. But hopefully the next big step in 2021 will be that. And the second thing uh, is, we've often asked how much is a life worth Especially when it comes to, do we save the economy? Do we save lives? So it's not actually just a rhetorical question. There is actually a figure that how much is life worth in US dollars. At least US policy makers attribute a value to that. And that is how they do triage of what should be done, what not. And it's an excellent podcast explaining how they come to the value of a life. So check that out. Write in to us with your critique, commentary or suggestions to contact at newslearning.com. I repeat You can write in to contact at newslearning.com. Only if you're a subscriber will your email be read out. If you're a non-subscriber, we will read it, but we will not read it out. But in this one case that we may just publish it because it's a really good piece. (laughs) So stay safe, stay indoors, check out other podcasts, and do recommend News to others if you can because we would like more and more people to support independent media. On that note, I'll leave you with this song upbeat, because that's what we need. Goodbye. Thank you, panel. Thank
2: you
3: all. Thank you.